Here's the grand truth. While the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. The truth is that it is much more exhausting to seek, seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pull of this world. I've mentioned in previous episodes that this last year, 2022, has been one of the most challenging years for me personally, and that I would be sharing more about that in the coming episodes. I'm not exactly sure what to share and what not to share. I don't know how succinctly I'm going to be able to do this, so I apologize if it seems like I'm all over the place. I'm in the process of healing after this last year, and honestly, this month. It's so funny to live 50 years here on the earth and feel like you've seen trials and challenges and you've really been put through the mill and your own refiner's fire moments just to have a year of your own personal hell. So this episode is going to be tough and it's going to be real and I'm going to be opening up in a way that is indicative of this podcast and it's going to be current. It's not going to be past. I have hesitated a lot on how much to open up because I know that I've got friends and family and people from my own ward and my own life listening to this podcast that I see on a regular basis, but the spirit is pushing and pushing because the spirit has conveyed to me that there are people out there that are just like me, not in the same circumstances per se, but are having it just as hard as I am and are looking to cling to the covenant path just as much as I am to make it back home. And that journey is not a precious, easy journey of riding in a Mercedes Benz with easygoing music on the PCH and looking out over the beautiful ocean waves on a sunny day in beautiful California. It is filled with rocks 
and floods and tornadoes and hurricanes and cyclones. And we're riding in a beat up old Pinto that the transmission is not working right and it's an automatic. And we're trying to get from one gear to the next and sparks are flying and it's backfiring. And it is quite the ordeal. But in the meantime, we've got guardian angels flying around us, chariots of fire that are course correcting us, and the spirit that is whispering in our ear, that is talking to us in our minds, that is revealing to us in our hearts, and is warming our bosoms. For we are not left alone. Even though we walk this earth sometimes, what feels like alone in our own Gethsemane moments, we too have to have our Abrahamic tests. We too must have our tests of faith so that our faith can grow. We don't become like Abraham and Moses and Isaac and Joseph and all of the wonderful rock stars that we learn about by taking it easy. We become like them by walking the hard, rocky, hurricane path and sticking to the covenant path to the iron rod and focusing on the Savior. Even when there are days, hours, weeks, and months that we may forget, but we come back and we come back by using the simple formula that the gospel has taught us by looking to these divine resources. So 2023 is a new year. I had a lot of expectations. January 1st is a great time for a renewal, a restart. Let's hit the reset button, right? We've got to have a better year than we did last year, but that's not what January gave me. I quickly got sick for three weeks. I had prayed to Heavenly Father to help me to identify what needed to be corrected or addressed in my life or my marriage and fixed in order to find the happiness and the joy that he has promised here on earth that we are promised in this gospel. We have many scriptures that teaches us that when we live the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can have joy. And I have been praying to Heavenly Father Please help me to see and find this joy. Help my mind to be able to grasp and open up to this joy, right? And I received the answer the very next day as I was talking to my husband. And we will be discussing this in this episode. And it will be discussed throughout this year, I'm sure. As all episodes are spiritually led... So please bear with me, but the focus is always to share. Why do I share? Why do I open up? Because let me tell you, 
when I came back in 2013 to the church, into the fold, I needed help. I needed to know that there were other people out there like me who were struggling, who had the hardships that I had. And what did they do? How did they use the gospel of Jesus Christ in their life to hold to the iron rod imperfectly? I needed to understand how to apply the gospel in my life. I needed to hear from others. I needed examples. And I just was not getting that in my little neck of the woods here. And you know what? That's okay. Because people are private. And it takes a lot of courage and guts to share the most intimate parts of your life. And to really put yourself out there. Because let's face it. We are living in a world that judges you and jumps to a lot of conclusions and assumptions based off of very little information, hence social media. And uh, it can be scary. But the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us to live fearlessly through God and Jesus Christ and their spirit and courageously by following the Holy Ghost and serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is my sole sincere desire, for I love them and I love all righteousness. Therefore, I love you. I had mentioned that uh, recently I had prayed to Heavenly Father to identify the problems or maybe the issues that need to be addressed or changed in order to find the joy and the happiness that was just eluding me last year. My husband had changed our lives back in 2019 um, to accommodate some therapy that he needed to be at pretty much every day for eight weeks straight. So we were um, getting together every day after work to work out together, which is our bonding moment. That is the time that we get together and we spend time. And that was imperative for our relationship because that's how our relationship really started was we would work out together and spend that time together and flirt and laugh and we would sing and dance and just be silly in the gym while we were working out and you just get the juices flowing the testosterone flowing and you just have a good time and it just really was an integral part to our relationship and we would always talk about how this is going to be something that we would do till the day that we died and um, unfortunately because he needed to go to therapy he ended up changing his gym time from three in the afternoon till like 2 a.m in the morning now i tried to go with him that first year i tried like the first i want to say five or six months getting up in the morning um to go with him at that time and i just could not do it with my schedule i was tired all of the time and if you know someone who is lacking sleep it's not a pretty sight and they are not enjoyable to be around so we tried to go later um in the morning like 3 or 3 30 and i still could not do that so i was like i just cannot pull this off so i took a couple months off and i was going to the gym at a different time 
but I really missed him and he missed me and we missed working out together. So um, once again, we tried to do this early morning shenanigans and um, he went later in the morning, I think at 3.30. I showed up at 4.30. We tried to make it happen, but it just didn't work. And so we fast forward and here he was going to the gym now at 1.30 in the morning um, for three years. And then he would come home and he would go to sleep by four. So I was literally only seeing him maybe 30 to 45 minutes a day. And then on the weekends, I was only seeing him on Saturday and portions of Sunday. So we were having very little time together. Now, it's so hard to get people to understand how important it is in my relationship for my husband and I to spend time together because the mental illness that we deal with uh, the OCD, the anxiety, the BDD just is ever present. I jokingly say that I've married two people, Jed, my husband, and the OCD who is ever present. I swear to goodness gracious, 90% of the time. Um, and he is vicious. I, uh, it's really hard. Anybody who lives with somebody who is mentally ill, especially a spouse, um, can testify to the toll that it takes on a relationship. So if you find an activity that can bless your relationship, that can be a positive on your relationship and make it so that you can really enjoy each other's time and have that time to be charming and, and flirty and just have those moments where you can interact as a couple and and um, have some fun together. It's so very important. And all of that, all of a sudden went away because even after the therapy was done, he loved going to work out early in the morning because let's face it, he got the gym to himself. Anyone who has OCD, why wouldn't they want the gym to themselves? They don't have to wait on any piece of equipment. They don't have anybody in their way. This gym that we are a part of is not a very big gym. It's a 24-hour gym. There are no workers. We have a tag that we use to get in. And um, so it's, you know, if you've got even five people in there, it can be pretty crowded. And so I was thoroughly supportive because going to work out after work for him was very hard. And it definitely triggered his OCD and his anxiety and probably the last couple years there, the workouts just were not enjoyable for him. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details, but it just was not enjoyable for him. And so I understood that he needed some sort of change, but, um, what that change was and trying to make it happen with me, it was just very, very difficult recognizing that this time was so invaluable to our relationship. Um, and then we really missed spending time in the evening since he was going to bed so early since he was getting up at 1.30, 1.40 in the morning. So, you know, if you do that for three years, it really takes its toll on the relationship. And I was finding that I was basically living alone. I was doing everything alone. I was taking trips alone. I was um, seeing the family alone. I was going out and doing church things alone. I was... Uh, seeing my friends alone, doing couple things alone because he was always asleep in the evenings. Um, you know, we were, I was doing things with my adult children alone 
And as the time kept ticking on by, we were growing apart and it was really, really, really starting to bother me. But in the meantime, my husband, who has severe, you know, OCD and anxiety and body dysmorphia, um, was living in his OCD world and it was not benefiting him either. Yes, it was bringing him some sort of peace, but the OCD was ruling his world and that meant he was not in charge. So he was suffering even though he could not see it himself. So last year was a very difficult year for me personally. I um, did not realize that after being with my husband for almost 11 going on 12 years, that the level of stress and the level of energy that I was giving to him in our relationship to try to keep his world as peaceful as I possibly could, um, which mind you, anybody who has severe anxiety that is debilitating uh, with OCD, um, they have catastrophes all day long. So, I mean, this is, I was putting out fires all day long for my sweet husband for years on end, every single day. And that level of stress living that way every single day, which I had never done in my entire life before, took its toll after 11 years. And by the end of 2022, I described my brain as being Swiss cheese. And that's what this level of stress between not only my husband, but also my son in his relationship with his girlfriend and um, living with her and having my grandson. That's a whole nother story that, um, again, I will share more throughout this year. There was a lot that transpired last year. I'm not even kidding. I consider the events of last year and I am just grateful to be here talking to you and to be sane and to still be an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I got to tell you, I survived. And I want you to know that the one thing I've learned is that opposition, great opposition, when you face it imperfectly, because we are going to face it imperfectly because we're imperfect here on earth. Remember that. Please always remember that. But when you face it with faith imperfectly, but you see it through with faith. You will grow in that faith. And that faith has a depth that is so deep and so rooted. You come out of these trials and you just are liberated from this abyss of just trial and suffering and sadness and sorrow with such greatness of faith and awe at the majesty of Christ and Heavenly Father. In the midst of all of this sorrow and suffering and sadness, I have felt great intense love from my Heavenly Father and my Savior who have, thankfully, because I've continually reached out to them through prayer and talking to them, in my mind and using my voice 
while I drive, while I'm just doing normal activities through the day, while I'm falling asleep or just slowly waking up, just thinking and talking to them. They've helped me to feel and understand how much they love me, even in my state of awkward imperfectness with all of my misdeeds and my mistakes, my transgressions, the things that I've done. They love me because I'm doing what they've asked. And this is the biggest thing that I hope that you understand and that the spirit truly speaks to your heart. They've asked us to endure. They've asked us to remain faithful. They've asked us to try and try again. They've asked us to give our best. They've asked us to repent. They've asked us to do. And they've asked us to remain faithful, right? True to the faith. The best that we can. To focus on the savior. This is what I do. Some days I do it better than other days. Some weeks I do more than other weeks. I still teach seminary. I still try to be a yes person when it comes to my ward, the gospel, the church. Right now I'm trying to build up my TikTok account to get enough followers so I can go live and talk about the plan of salvation and use the social media platform to spread the gospel because there are so many people out there that are confused and angry and hurting so many people out there that are blinded by what Lucifer is putting out there because right now this is his world just as much as it is Christ's because he is making an extraordinary last stand and he is not hiding and I talk about this continually because he is not hiding we have wonderful examples of people and I call them rock stars because they are in our church and faith that I am just not like them um and I know that they have their own trials and hardships and things that help them to grow their faith and to become the full measure of their creation as well but it's just different from mine And that's the beauty of the plan of salvation is that we all must stay true to ourselves so that we can be a part of this fabric of this quilt of voices and sing hallelujah to the beauty of this perfect plan of the second estate I know it's hard but we must focus on the beauty of it So this last week, two Saturdays ago, my therapist said, "Stephanie, you need to take a break from your husband. Do you have a place you can go for four to five days?" I said, "Yes." So I went to my family home. And 
I was looking forward to getting away because that second person that I married, the OCD, tends to be a little bit too much for me. It's a taskmaster and a browbeater. And I was looking forward to leaving. So I get to my family home. I spend time with my family. On Friday, there was a big hullabaloo with my father. And unfortunately, it was just a very unpleasant experience. And I was dragged into it because all of my coping skills, any cushion I have of being able to deal with people's own anxieties outside of mine is just gone. And my dad, who just turned 83, is doing nothing but watching things on the war. And he was in the Vietnam War. And he is very concerned about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. And I see what he watches and I see how he sits in his chair. And it just, long story short, was very concerning. And the conversation that I had with him did not go well because he has his own PTSD that he's dealing with. And without going into it, it just did not go well. And so I left and I went to my son's home and uh, I have a very difficult relationship with my quote unquote daughter-in-law right now. Everybody is having a hard time. After the pandemic, the world just looks different and everybody is struggling. And she let me in and she served me. She was very kind and I let her take my car so she could go run some errands and do some grocery shopping. And while she was doing that, I tried to help her by, of course, watching over my grandson, but also doing some dishes and taking care of the house and getting some laundry done while she was gone and showing to her that my heart's in the right place too. And I support her just as much as she supports me because we want to lead with our best foot. And that is always going to be with the example of Jesus Christ. We want to be Christ-like. And I don't know if she knows it, but she gave that example back to me. And she was Christ-like to me, and she took wonderful care, to, care of me. And through that care that day, through her sweetness and kindness, through her personality and her silliness and getting me to laugh and her love, I felt the love of my Heavenly Father and my Savior. Then my son came home and I got to witness him walk through the door and see my little grandson run away and play hard to get as he was so excited to see his father come home from a hard day work just to see his dad and watch his dad wait for him to come to the edge of the carpet because he had his dirty boots on and come over and just jump into his arms. I always call him a little spider monkey because when he jumps into your arms, he wraps his arms, legs around you and he buries his head into your neck. And it was just so adorable. And then to watch my son walk over to his girlfriend 
and give her a kiss and a hug. It was just so sweet. And it was so healing to my heart because their relationship has been traumatic for them and for me because I care. But they're figuring it out. And that's all a mom could absolutely hope and pray for. Then Saturday, I woke up early at 5.30 and I hit the road to come home. And it was a beautiful day with the sun coming up in Central California where all of your fruits and vegetables are grown throughout the world. And driving past these farms and seeing the sun come up with the dew and the fog, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And it was a witness to me of the creation of this beautiful world that Christ has given to us. And then I proceeded to have a conversation through the Holy Ghost with my Heavenly Father about everything that is going on and the pains and the travails of my heart. And when I was done, he showed me a movie in my mind of all of the people in my life and all of the goodness, all of the times this last week of their love and their devotion, of the fun and the laughs, and how much I am loved and cared for and the honor that is given to me as their mom, sister, daughter, auntie, and friend. God does not abandon us ever, but sometimes he has to wait for us to open that door of communication. And we must remember that we have to use our agency to open that door of communication in order to receive the awe-inspiring blessings and rewards that can only come from a loving Heavenly Father. In the January Liahona, there is an article in there called Navigating Difficulties in Relationships. And this is by Christy Monson. She's a retired marriage and family therapist. And I thought this is just so apropos to share in conjunction with this particular episode. And she says, family trials can be overcome if we are willing to seek the Lord's help to change and improve. Navigating challenges in our family relationships can test us to our emotional limits. As a therapist, I saw many heart-wrenching situations, but I also witnessed blessings in the lives of those who face their family trials by seeking the Lord's help to improve their communication, increase their love and understanding, and work together on making important changes. With the Lord's help, they found strength to grow through their problems." End quote. This is what I've been going through this last year. As I have been talking to my therapist, who I've been seeing for over three years, he is LDS. He works with the family courts here in Ventura County. He is excellent. He has also been talking about how hard things have been for families, especially after the pandemic. Things are just truly hard and we truly are living in the latter days. So we must cling to our Savior and his 
example. Come follow me this year is in the New Testament. I think the Beatitudes are a perfect, perfect um, place for us to cover in the scriptures and for us to follow in order to overcome some of these issues and problems that we face within our families because we have so many different um, situations and circumstances that we face in our families in these latter days. So Christ-like communication can bring love and understanding. Christ has given us a perfect example in how to handle anything in our lives. He truly has. Um, and I want you all to remember, please, um, there's a quote here from President M. Russell Ballard, and this is so true, that children desperately need to hear parents that are willing um, let me start over again. Children desperately need parents that are willing to listen to them. And the family council can provide a time during which family members can learn to understand and love one another. End quote. I actually did an episode, I believe my first year in family council. Family council is something that we did growing up and it was a great time for us to touch bases. Um, not only on the things that were going on in our family of seven with five kids, uh, but also some of the things that were going on amongst the siblings um, to also know what's going on with our parents and to address some of the needs of the kids and also some of the maybe arguments or disagreements that were going on because we were latchkey kids. Uh, latchkey kids were kids that basically raised themselves because the parents were working. So family councils, and this comes from um, Elder Ballard, decided on the following agenda. And this was for one family that uh, in particular he used as an example. So for their family council, they did five things. Number one was to define a problem that they were facing. Number two, to brainstorm solutions. And then three, to choose a plan to find a solution. Number four, to put that solution or plan into action. And then five, to evaluate the success of that plan the next week and renegotiate the plan if necessary. And I love this approach because it's the same thing that we do with modern day revelation. We pray to Heavenly Father and we ask him for help. And then we go do. And then we come back and we pray to Heavenly Father and we let him know what we've done. And then Father lets us know through revelation whatever changes we need to do or make because we don't ever execute things perfectly. Um, in this particular example, the parents um, did several things very well to communicate and improve their relationship with their children. So the parents, you know, unification with the parents is always very, very important. And they stood together in finding solutions to the problems with their children. My example I gave was with my husband, then with my adult son and with his girlfriend. This example that is in this particular talk is with younger children um, and between a man and a woman who is planning to marry and they both have younger children. Uh, so they were able to learn some techniques that uh, really blessed their families as they were looking to blend their families through marriage. Um, so the next thing that they were able to do by coming together through family council is if a child had difficulty completing their daily tasks, one of the parents would spend time with them discussing the day while they work to complete the tasks. So I'm sharing this just to give you ideas and hopes that the spirit can inspire you 
and your set of circumstances what you need to do. Uh, the next thing that they did is they spent time each week deepening their relationship with every child. That is the best thing that we can always do is give time to that person. So for me in particular, I've been giving time to my husband and then to my sons, my daughter-in-law and to my grandson. Um, going back to this article, they also established ahead of time that they would take timeouts when the emotional brain, such as yelling, took over from the rational side of the brain, which is the solution-focused brain, which is the discussion part of the brain. And whenever there was a power struggle between the parent and the child, the parent, when impressed to do so, would withdraw and come back later to brainstorm a new solution. This is something that I need to get better at. Understanding and love bring us closer together. Understanding is not dismissive of the offense, but it does make it easier to heal and to move on and to forgive the offense. Um, in Luke chapter 15, verse 6, it says... And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And this is what we do when we have these difficult relationships within our families um, as we go out and we retrieve the best that we can, honoring their agency. Working on change together can strengthen relationships and promote growth. Thankfully, my husband and I are together in our common goal, and um, we are both very focused on the gospel. And uh, this has really blessed our lives because we are on the same page. And I've learned this from my prior two marriages, of course, that when you're not on the same page, it is very detrimental to the marriage and thankfully my husband and I we have <clears throat> opportunities now that we've changed the schedule I'm not sure if I've mentioned that uh, to be able to talk about these things uh, as of January the beginning of this month we have changed the schedule so that we can work out in the afternoon together and get back to our lives as we knew it before the pandemic um, so that we could go and work out together once again and rebuild our relationship and get connected the way we were before 2019. So this has been a huge blessing to us. And this is our own way of going out and finding the sheep, which was lost, um, is finding that portion of our relationship, which was lost. And we had to do this together to strengthen our relationship and now to grow our relationship. So we're in the process of healing. Um, so what we're doing right now, of course, is that we're reading scriptures and we do it in the morning because it works for us. Um, when he goes to bed, he's still going to bed earlier than I am, but he's going to bed later than he used to. We pray together. We do talk and share the happenings of each day and kind of what's going on. And we are starting to incorporate, incorporate a date night again once a week, which is something that we had stopped doing because of his schedule, which was very, very, very limiting. So um, including the Lord in our daily lives has brought, and it will bring, 
greater trust and love into the relationship. When I got home on Saturday, I got home about 9.30 in the morning and I was having a very difficult conversation with my mom on the phone and I pulled into the driveway. My husband came walking out to greet me at the car, which he's never done before. And, um, well, let me, let me rephrase that. He rarely does that. And uh, I got out of the car and I was just emotionally raw. I hadn't slept in two nights um, because I'm just going through a lot. I'm physically, health-wise, just a lot's going on. And he just came over and just enveloped me in his arms and just held me right there in the neighborhood in front of God and everybody, I swear, for at least two or three minutes. He walked me inside. I walked into a very clean home, dishes done, house vacuumed. I walked into my bedroom because he knew I was going to go straight to sleep because I was absolutely exhausted to a bed that was made in my side was pulled back and it was ready for me to get in bed and for him to pull the covers over me. Now, please remember if you're new to my podcast, you're going to find out for the first time. And if you've an ongoing listener, you know that my husband has always been taken care of first by his family, then by integral people that have been placed in his life. So he's never been independent. He's always been taken care of. But through therapy, the therapist has really been able to convey to him that now more than ever, he needs to take care of me. And um, the therapist has really been able to work with him to alleviate some stress and to become a bit more independent and to show him how to do that. And boy, did my husband take it seriously. And I'm so grateful that he loves me enough to be able to do this for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to steal from the message. So I'm trying to get a hold of my emotions. But again, another way that I feel God's love. This is something that I never ever dreamed that my husband could do for me. I always felt like I would be his caregiver. And now he's taking care of me. And now I can finally heal because last year I really thought that I was just going to walk out into the ocean, never to be seen again. And uh, I kept telling my husband that I needed him to be a part of my healing process. And that I needed to be, excuse me, taken care of because nobody was taking care of me. And he said he just couldn't do it, that he didn't have the ability to do it. Then I tried to do it by myself, and I just couldn't do it. And then I received revelation that he was going to do it, that he will do it, and that um, he will step up to the plate, and I was to be patient. And then all of a sudden, and this was back in November or December, I received this revelation And then all of a sudden, here we are, the week of January 23rd. I come home to an independent husband for the first time in 11 years. A miracle has been wrought in my life. And uh, he's been taking care of me all weekend. And guys and girls and ladies, sisters and brothers, I've needed it. I've needed it desperately. Desperately. 
from him because I love him and he is the only one that can heal me because see when we pick our eternal companion and we're sealed to them in the temple we give them a certain level of leverage and power and ability to do wonderful things in our lives and I always knew that it was going to be my husband that would heal me I just didn't know how that was going to happen and uh, the spirit has told me it's begun it's not going to be perfect I'm sure it'll be a hard path every now and again but man has it been glorious and beautiful this weekend and I have felt so immensely loved and I feel the love of my Savior and Heavenly Father and I see their miracles and I do stand in awe make no mistake the words of Christ will guide us as we negotiate difficult family relationships please remember to sit in counsel with the Lord Sometimes he will tell us what to do and sometimes we can choose. As it says in Doctrine and Covenants 58:26, it's not meet that I should command in all things. But there are other times when we must turn ourselves over to the Lord. If we keep an eternal perspective, the riches of eternity will be ours and all things shall work together for our good. Endure. Push. Several times last year, I really felt like I was going to throw in the towel. Three times in particular, I was so numb, I could have walked into the ocean until nobody ever saw me again, and I kept telling my therapist this. What stopped me was... The fact that my family would have to be left behind with that devastating story and event. But I just could not continue. And that's how I felt. Excuse me. I did not mean to do that, but I am sick and I'm getting over COVID. I apologize so very much. I cannot re-record this, so please forgive me. I have felt so much pressure to get this out from the Spirit because I don't know what it is, but I feel you. I love you. I know you're out there. And I just want you to know that this life is worth it. And I'm really brutally open and honest because these thoughts come and they go. And it shall pass. Endure. Stick to the iron rod. And continue to push. And remember that we too have our moments of Abrahamic tests. Don't give up. Stay true to the faith. And remember as it says in DNC 9024. And all things shall work for our good. Your good.
And I'll leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As always, please be safe. Please take care of yourself. Please always remain faithful. And please be kind. For those that you meet within your sphere of influence are fighting a hard battle as well. Until next time, much love, aloha, and God bless.